So I watch a lot of comedy on TikTok and it has the algorithms obviously figured out I like comedians and it maybe has figured out I'm old as well. So it thought I would like this, which was a very interesting choice. Uh, I was I was interested in it. Gen Z doesn't know how to write a check. They don't know how to address an envelope. They don't know how to read cursive. So uh, she's saying what it was. They don't know how to write a check. They don't know how to read cursive. What was the second one? What's the second one on there? They don't know how to read a paper map. Oh, they don't know how to read a paper map. Okay. Um, what she's actually done is listed off a set of skills that people don't need anymore. Uh, I was of the age of people who wrote checks. Uh, I have not written a check easily since I was 20 years old. I'm 50. So in the last 30 years, I have not written a check. I am basically of the generation she's talking about that is capable of writing a check. I know how to write a check. I have not done it. It is a skill that is completely useless. Uh, as far as reading cursive, people put a lot of stock into that. I don't actually see the value in writing cursive. People don't read cursive anymore because cursive is not relevant. And that's actually what, if you take her underpinning, this, this comedy is so low bar. She's basically listed off a series of skills that her generation has, the following generation doesn't. And then the people in the audience laugh. That actually was the bit that I found funny is that people were laughing at this because I didn't laugh at the first part because I didn't understand what was funny. That young people can't read cursive isn't inherently funny. Uh, young people need a paper map, can't read a paper map, but they do have GPS. They People try to make fun of them for that. I don't actually see it as a problem because I took a minute and I made a list of some other things that boomers can't do. But let's actually let her finish her joke and comment on that first. They can't get anywhere unless there's a GPS map on their phone. All I'm saying is that Jen... The irony there, though, is I bet she can't use the GPS map on her phone. So boomers famously are very poor at using technology. So it's really hard. I don't see... This is maybe my brain. It's like, how can you make fun of someone who is able to use something and relies on that thing that you cannot even use. So there's kind of a weird irony there. Um, the next sentence is if Gen Z takes over the world. Gen Z takes over the world, it's going to be pretty easy to get it back. I don't see how those things correlate. Because what are you going to do to take over the world with cursive? What skill have you just espoused that is going to help you take over the world. So the world we live in is technology-based. Uh, what are you going to write a check? And that's going to help you take over the world. You're going you're gonna to write a letter in cursive and that's going to be some like secret script that the Gen Z isn't going to be able to read. And so you can pass your secrets back and forth, but you can't do a technology because you can't use any like, fucking email or anything. Uh, are you going to use your paper maps to outwit Gen Z that has GPS abilities. I mean, this is, this is what I'm saying. The skills you've listed are irrelevant. Gen Z is going to take over the world, probably mainly because you're going to die. I mean, you're not going to be taking it back because you're going to be dead. Um, the audience laughing at this, I didn't laugh because to me, there was no actual joke. And they're laughing hard. So this relies on the audience 
agreeing with your sentiments, having had this kind of conversation in the first place in their life. I do like, uh, if you can watch the video in the front row, there's a dude, he's got the American flag shirt on, uh, the irony there, there's actually a really big irony. People who wear the American flag have not read the rules about how you treat the flag. You are not supposed to wear the flag uh, as clothing. So like American flag pants and underwear and bikinis, American flag shirts, bandanas and stuff. You're actually not supposed to do that. That is technically disrespectful to the flag, according to America. And that's the irony. So uh, let's, I, wanna, I wanted to get some of the, a better feel for her comedy routine. So I, I, I want to let her start from the beginning, get a feel for her comedy, and then see if I could maybe replicate the power of this in my own way. Gen Z doesn't know how to write a check. They don't know how to address an envelope. They don't know how to read cursive. They don't know how to read a paper map. They can't get anywhere unless there's a GPS map on their phone. All I'm saying is if Gen Z takes over the world, it's gonna be pretty easy to get it back. Man. They laugh really hard at that, like way harder than they should. That is insane that they found it as funny as they did. Um, all right. So I went and found some things. So boomers can't be a galley roller. Boomers don't know how to use a knocker upper. Boomers don't even employ caddy butchers anymore. Boomers don't know how to use a bematist. They can't operate a linotype machine. And they couldn't even set bowling pins manually. I'm just saying if boomers try to take over the world, it's going to be pretty easy to take it back. Uh, just so I, what I did is I went and found a list of jobs that don't exist anymore. Um, a galley rower. Uh, in a large, large ship, they used to have hundreds of maybe even thousands of people act as rowers. They used to row the ship and then they invented sails and the sailing ships were much faster, much more efficient than the rowing and people didn't have to die doing it. Not as much. I mean, people did die in sailing ships, but for totally different reasons. A knocker upper takes on very different meaning in modern parlance, but a knocker upper is someone who wakes you up. So they come to your house, they knock on the door and you get up and they knock and you get up. So a knocker upper. A knocker upper was replaced by the alarm clock. Uh, a caddy butcher. was a very interesting job. A caddy butcher is someone is basically a butcher for horses, but because people don't eat horses anymore, like they don't use caddy butchers. A bematist is a person who used to count steps physically to measure distances. That was replaced by the paper map. So you, an entire job indus, industry was replaced by paper maps. Uh, boomers can't operate linotype machines. That is when you should do typesetting, basically. Uh, you used to like, have to take the letters and put them in place. Uh, and then it's like a, a heat thing. It was replaced by digital technology. Oh, big shock. Uh, and they couldn't even set bowling pins manually because that actually used to be someone's job. They didn't have a machine that picked up all the bowling pins and then put them down. They have a big claw now that picks them up, puts them in place, and puts them down physically. So the irony there is everything she's talked about has replaced some other technology that was preceding it. There are a dozen versions of that joke. 
Uh, they all rely on you saying things to your audience that your audience always already agrees with, which is not a joke. So first of all, if you have a listicle, that's not a joke. Uh, and then going, ooh, look at us, aren't we better? I do remember the one of the videos I really enjoyed, and it was they gave a rotary phone to a couple of teenagers. And they were laughing and laughing and laughing as the teenagers couldn't figure out how to use the phone. And it took about 10 minutes but then they figured it out. Whereas if you gave one of these older people a smartphone, a brand new smartphone, and told them to like do some basic settings, I guarantee they wouldn't be able to do it. And that's the difference. You're talking about young people not being able to do something because they've never done it before. That doesn't mean they can't do it. It doesn't mean they couldn't figure it out. It doesn't mean they're adaptable because they are. Uh, we've had some jokes going around lately, uh, primarily about language. Uh, my coworkers are old. My friends are old. Uh, I'm old. And they are starting to rip on things. My, my wife specifically is angry at the fact that my kids spend so much time on their tablet. Now, I didn't really want to point out, but then felt obligated to point out the fact that while she was complaining about kids being on their tablets, she was watching TV. And she was probably watching TV for the exact same amount of time the kids were on the tablet. So the, the kids aren't watching television in the traditional sense. They're watching videos on TikTok, on YouTube and stuff. Uh, they don't watch traditional TV. And she, in her mind, has demonized the tablet when the TV is just a big, less useful tablet uh, that she is one step away from being addicted to. And I pointed out, so you have people now complaining that kids are addicted to their phones and tablets. Uh, my generation were addicted to, the kids were addicted to TV. Uh, previous to that, kids were addicted to music. Previous to that, kids were addicted to music. All these complaints have not changed. They are generational. You're not doing the thing I did. And the new thing that you're doing is bad and addictive. It will make you sick and die. Now, social media is engineered. So I think there are risks that go along with it. TV is bad. It's addictive. But it was more passive, whereas the algorithm and whatnot is coming for your children. I am aware of that and do caution my kids. We do have limit time and stuff. But it's because I know that modern technology is manipulative in nature. I don't blame the children for that. I mean, the, the conclusion to that is that, first of all, that wasn't funny. Like, like from an objective point of view, what she did was make a list. And the only reason the people in the audience were laughing is because they agreed with her. So that wasn't humor. That was agreement. If I could be specific, I don't, I don't, I don't want to define a joke. A joke is something that makes you laugh, but they were just like, oh yeah, I hate young people. Therefore this lady hating on young people is funny to me. Whereas I don't, I personally don't think that's a joke. If I was going to make, try to make a joke, I would try to do better than that. There should be an examination of something because her joke falls flat when she says we could take it back. I, I don't, I don't think you could. I don't think you could take it back from the millennials. They would lock you out of your email and Facebook and then you wouldn't have, be able to do anything. And you'd be spending time calling the millennials or Gen Z or whoever you're talking about to come and fix all that shit for you. Do you remember when people got really upset about Miles Morales, uh, the new Spider-Man, and the new Spider-Man wasn't white? Remember that? I just wanted to point out that no one gives a shit anymore. So 
Miles Morales was introduced as a half black, half Mexican kid from Brooklyn. He got bitten by a different spider and got different spider powers and became the new Spider-Man of Miles Morales. Uh, everyone who was racist lost their mind. And fuck those people, that's so stupid. Because here we are now, a few years later, I don't know when uh, Miles Morales was released anymore. And no one gives a shit. They came out with that movie in the Spider-Verse. Fucking awesome. I watched it again uh, a week ago. That's why this popped into my head. Uh, that movie's great. I almost cried at the part where they're supporting each other because I guess I've never had any real support in my life. But that is something I clearly clamor for. The interesting part was like, I was like, oh, I'll watch this because the new movie's coming out. I'll watch the old movie. So I'm kind of like, kind of remember exactly what's going on. That'd be really nice to go into the theater knowing that. Fucking mosquito. I am not Spider-Man. I missed that mosquito twice. Uh, that threw me off. Fucking mosquito. It's because mosquitoes hate spiders. They're racist too. And so he hates Spider-Man. He's trying to ruin my Spider-Man thing. I was watching it on the train and then I just right way, midway through the trip, I suddenly went, no one cares that Miles Morales isn't a white Peter Parker anymore. Peter Parker is white guy. Peter Parker is Peter Parker. Spider-Man's Peter Parker. It fucking it's a comic, man. No one gives a shit. And no one ever did. They just were racist. That's something you just keep in mind. Those massive controversies are just distractions for nothing. They're not even distracting you from anything. But that got me thinking about other distractions we've had. We're not coronavirus. COVID-19 is not finished. Uh, it still exists. It's still something to be concerned about. I still know people who have gotten it uh, recently. So still be careful. I want everyone to be careful, but uh, we are maybe just living with it now or we've got it sort of under control. People are vaccinated, things like that. Uh, I wanted to take a look at some of the, the conspiracy theories that came out. Uh, just remembering, this is kind of like reminiscing of the history of a couple of years ago. So Miles Morales, fucking awesome Spider-Man. No one gives a shit that he's Spider-Man anymore because he's fucking great in Asia. So I can really only speak for the stuff I read online and the stuff I knew in Asia. So in Asia, the first conspiracy theory about COVID-19 was that COVID-19 was engineered to kill off old people because China, Japan, Korea have too many old people. It's a graying populations. So they engineered this disease that would attack old people. Now, the reality is that anything virulent, like a, like a virus or a disease or something, is going to have a bigger impact on older people regardless. It's going to have a Im bigger impact on older people because they are weaker. They have more underlying problems. They've lived a longer life. They are closer to death already. So a devastating disease, a respiratory disease, someone who's not already healthy, it's going to kill them. So yes, it was killing older people at a higher rate, but any disease would. So the Spanish flu, I'm assuming, killed older people at a higher rate. Uh, the bubonic plague probably killed people at a higher rate. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about the stats back then. Uh, it's a job that went away with uh, the boomers. So who knows? But I'm betting any disease that is powerful kills older people at a higher rate than younger people. I do remember also in the paper they were saying maybe people who smoke are more resistant, which was a weird maybe like smokers lobby that they threw out there. Uh, I don't, I think that one was pretty much debunked pretty quickly. So 
that corresponds to the virus was engineered in a Chinese lab. Then there was a conspiracy theory and it got out from the lab. Then there was a conspiracy theory that the U.S. imported COVID to China so that they could blame China for the breakout of coronavirus. Uh, that turned out to not necessarily be true. And it really was devastating way more in America than it should have been because of the incredibly poor rollout of vaccines and the anti-vaccine movement in there. In Italy, I didn't know this one. I just started looking up some some basic ones so I could remind myself. In Italy, they were blaming GMOs, so gen- genetically modified organisms, basically uh Virus-resistant or bug-resistant fruit and vegetables and things like that are the most common ones. Uh, they try to grow more perfect fruit that is healthier and hardier. Uh, they were saying coronavirus came from that, which I thought that was an interesting one I'd never heard before. So there you go. Even now, I'm picking up stuff. I actually, uh, there was someone I knew who was on the coronavirus isn't real it's not a real virus and there will be lawsuits. This was at the beginning, so 2019, 2020. It's three years later and they were like, there's going to be lawsuits in the world court and it's going to be coming and you're going to regret taking all these precautions. I, I actually, that was an interesting argument because they're like, you shouldn't take precautions against this thing that may or may not be real. So let's give them credit. Let's pretend for a second that coronavirus was not real. Taking precautions against it doesn't hurt you. So this is like, I'm going to take vitamins so that my immune system or my body is healthier as a precaution against catching the flu or a cold or just getting sick in general. That isn't specific towards any one thing. I take vitamins every day. I actually find that if I don't take vitamins, I think I have a single vitamin deficiency that's very small. If I don't take a multivitamin uh, over the course of a couple months, I get really worn down. I take vitamins. That doesn't seem to happen. So I don't know what vitamin it is. I don't know what mineral it is. It's something in my body, but I take the multivitamin because it fixes this problem. But then I'm like, it also will help me any other deficiencies I might have. So I'll be healthier overall, protect me against disease and whatnot. Non-specific, but then it was like, wear a mask. Well, I basically no one I know during the period we were wearing masks got a, got the flu. Uh, I started sanitizing my hands against coronavirus maybe multiple times a day. I'd probably do it once or twice a day now. But my chances of catching other diseases, not even coronavirus, has gone down because I sanitize my hands more often than I used to. Taking precautions against anything isn't necessarily a bad idea. I see people wearing a mask. I might even feel like, oh, you know, in this particular situation, it's unnecessary. But they're taking a precaution against stuff is going to protect them more so than if they didn't. So the anti-mask movement, I always thought was really weird because, okay, if you don't believe coronavirus is real, you do believe that flu is real, you do believe that colds are real, and it will protect you from the flu and cold. So what is the problem with protecting yourself against these other things? And then it maybe will just, you know, that protective ability will roll over into coronavirus if it does turn out to be real perchance mayhaps um yeah that was a little bit of an aside so yeah there was the group of people who said that coronavirus doesn't exist that it's just the flu now i always found that to be a very confusing argument because you're admitting that there is a flu and the flu is virulent the flu is going around it's very communicable the flu is killing people 
the flu is putting people on respiratory machines. And the bit you're angry about is that we've called it COVID-19 and said it's something else. COVID-19, as far as I'm concerned, is the flu. It's just a really, really strong flu that mutates and attacks your lungs and puts people on respirators. You can call it a flu. Uh, it's just as dangerous. It's killing just as many people as if it wasn't the flu specifically. So that argument, I actually had someone use that to me that don't be silly. It's just the flu. Someone, I think it was on Twitter or something. Someone kind of came at me with that one. And I was like, that argument doesn't mean anything because if it's just a flu and it's still killing people and still really uh, communicable, then it's just as bad as if it is coronavirus. So protect yourself from this flu just as much as you would protect yourself from coronavirus. Uh, it was a globalist plot to take away our freedoms. So uh, lockdowns and stuff, of course, we couldn't do whatever we want. We couldn't go get haircuts. We couldn't go out and drink and have parties and stuff. And that's my freedom. You're taking away my freedom. Um, again, I was a little torn on that. I did. I agreed with lockdowns. I thought they should have happened. Uh, Japan didn't lock down in the same way as, let's say, North America. America's the one in the news, so it's always the one I end up talking about. Because Corona uh, in Japan, they have written into their constitution uh, freedom of movement. So you're not allowed to lock people down, but they made the recommendation and Japanese people generally being quite sensible, most people did stay home and they only went out when they had to and they just didn't do things uh, to try to catch coronavirus. <laughs> but interfering with your freedoms, the thing is the freedoms came back. So that actually in historically that was undermined because the freedoms didn't go away forever. We aren't still in lockdown. And again, the economy suffered greatly and the globalists are the ones who want to keep the economy working. Maybe they want to control it, but to control it, they need people passively in place in their cubicles to do the jobs that need to be done so that there is an economy to run the globe. Because the way we've set up the economy in the world right now, it is economy-based. So the globalist taking away your freedoms and destroying the economy in the same hand is not, is not beneficial to the globalist. So that one, again, logically falls apart the more you think about how the world works, which is actually how a lot of these conspiracies fall apart, is when you think about how the world works. Uh, and then the last one was Big Pharma. This was the best one for me. This was the one. Big Pharma wanted to make some money. They engineered a disease, put it out in the world. That disease kills lots of people. We have the vaccine. It's a science fiction it's a science fiction plot as old as time. Uh, it's a good one. I mean, I don't think... Actually, it is the most reasonable of the conspiracy theories, is that a corporation decided to get evil. Uh, the thing is, multiple places came out with multiple vaccines. I actually had uh, the, the, the... I forget what they're called now. That's how long it's been. I had the AstraZeneca, I think is, was one of them. And then I had the the... Johnson and Johnson one. Fuck. That's weird. They put, maybe the vaccines made me forget what vaccines I got. I got three or four. I remember the last one was, so I actually got coronavirus. Uh, it was bad as a cold because I'd been vaccinated two or three times already. Uh, the vaccine did its job. So I got coronavirus. It was like two days. One day I was like really hot and uncomfortable. And then the second day I was kind of bad and I slept all day. I went into one of those hotel isolation situations. 
And then it wasn't bad at all. I didn't feel good, but like I wasn't going to go exercise or anything. But basically, I slept a little more. The fever kind of took a while to go away, but that was it. I was actually in really good shape. Uh, So I actually think the vaccines worked. I got the fourth vaccine for 12 hours. I was just knocked out. I was in physical pain. I had that sort of joint pain you get from the flu and stuff. It was way worse than coronavirus. But then if I needed to get a fifth vaccination, if they said, Peter, you want one, I absolutely would. Because the disease didn't do anything to me. If the vaccine is the worst part, I'll take the vaccine and take that eight, 10 hour period of, you know, pain and frustration just to, so I could survive the actual coronavirus, like with ease, no less. Uh, Bill Gates wants to implant everyone with a chip. So he was talking about Ebola virus and he predicted that there was going to be another pandemic in the future. Uh, climate Scientists have actually talked about this. Climate change has done it. Uh, just the more air travel and interacting of people makes it more communicable. So the disease is going to spread around more quickly, things like that. So he, basically lots of people were saying there's going to be another pandemic. It's coming soon. After coronavirus, they were like, it's going to speed up because we had Spanish flu. And then they said, once in 100 years, 100 years later, we got uh, COVID-19. And they said, oh, then the next one will be 100 years later. That's not how it works. Because of climate change and stuff, uh, it's going to speed up. So we'll probably get one every 50 years that, that is this bad. And then it's going to be every 25 years, unless we get to a level of technology where we can take care of it. That's kind of what was uh, Bill Gates was talking about. Like, we need to learn to protect ourselves from ourselves because we're not going to stop air travel and we're not going to stop uh, mutations of diseases and stuff. And people are going to mix and it's going to get worse. And so they thought because he didn't want to be proven wrong, he created coronavirus. So a computer guy suddenly, like I'm going to say, yes, Bill Gates is probably very good at computers. I don't know if he is anymore because he got into that position like he created computers, he made windows and stuff like that. But then he got into a position where he didn't really make stuff anymore. He told engineers how to make stuff. He probably understood what they were talking about, but could he do it? I don't know. Uh, Steve Jobs gets the same deal. Like, did he make anything? No, he he told engineers, you have this, I want these features. Here's a list, go make that happen. And off they go and they get it. Bill Gates is the same. I'm sure he understands computers and he's very good at computers, but at the end of the day, he was like, well, here's a list of features. Here's things to make it go work better. Off you go, go make that happen because I pay your money now. So he might be high level, but he's certainly not going to be like, well, I'm going to just switch to biology now of virology and create some diseases to go make sure that I am right in the world and the things I've said. Looking back is valuable. Because all the things we freaked out about, conspiracy theories especially, it's we you hear the conspiracy theory, you have a good time talking about it, and then it disappears because you don't think about it anymore. When something new happens and it's tempting to believe, oh, we didn't even talk about 5G in the UK. Uh, the people in the UK thought that 5G towers caused coronavirus because it ate the oxygen and like infected you. Uh, and they were setting them on fire. Like they were setting 5G towers on fire. These are These are... Again, the very reasonable people, the boomers from the first segment, not understanding how technology works or radio waves or 5G or any of this other stuff. And then just saying like, they put up this tower, bad thing happened. I'm going to burn down this tower. I'm right. You can't tell me otherwise. 
I had an interesting experience when I was sick in the hospital a couple of years ago. And I would take a pill in the evening. And then about two hours later, uh, my neck would get tight and my shoulders would hurt and I'd feel some sort of pain. And so I told the doctor, like, every time I take this pill, it actually causes me pain. Is that normal? Is that a side effect? Is that something that's happening? He's like, oh, that's not what's happening. What's happening is you get like a steroid in the morning and then you feel stronger and better. And then when we get to the evening, sort of when you take your evening pill, that's when the steroid's wearing off. See, because I didn't understand medicine or the things that were happening, I was thinking there was a causal relationship. I'm taking this pill and then very soon afterwards, I start to feel pain. I was thinking the pill caused me pain. That's exactly what these people were thinking about 5G. What was actually happening is the pill I was taking in the morning wasn't working anymore because it'd been 12 hours and I was taking a different pill for something else. And then I wouldn't, that pain was just going to sit there anyways. They could have given me painkillers now that I think about it. But Japan, they don't give very strong painkillers and they don't like to give out painkillers too much. You need to suffer a little bit to make you a stronger, better person. Uh, Did it work? No, not stronger, not better. Still stiff shoulders, to be honest. So what I'm saying, like conspiracy theories, we forget about them. And what we actually should do is take a look back at, again, it doesn't have to be history, like three, four, five years ago. What were people talking about? What were people thinking? Were those things important? And are they important now? And then the next time someone comes up with a superhero has changed color or a superhero has changed gender or it's like a non-gender conforming version of a superhero and people flip out, be like, dude, we don't even remember the, the, the fervor over Miles Morales. We don't even remember people getting freaked out about Lady Thor, um, which was a great storyline, by the way. I wish the movie done it better, but Lady Thor was fucking awesome. And I could have done me with some more Lady Thor. I had a second part. Uh, so then when you get, then when you hear a conspiracy theory and it starts to sound logical, think back to, okay, coronavirus, what were the conspiracy theories we heard? What, do we now just don't even remember? Never mind, write off is not true. What do we not even remember now? Uh, and that will hopefully keep you more even tempered going on into the future.